Welcome to the Nerd Night Podcast. I'm Sarah, your host today and boss of Nerd Night Denver. Thanks to today's guest on the show, I recently had one of the coolest experiences of my life. On a sunny day, not too long ago, I found myself on Mars. Okay, so not on Mars, but I was at the Space Science Institute in Boulder. I had the opportunity to sit in on a Mars rover planning meeting, listening to representatives from NASA, the Jet Propulsion Laboratory, and project specialists just from around the world. It was incredible. It has always been a dream of mine to meet the minds behind space exploration, and this experience did not disappoint. I wasn't just crashing the meeting, though, don't worry. I was invited by Bill Farrand. He's a geological research scientist at the Institute, and he's been working with the Mars rover mission since 2002. Bill spoke at Nerd Night Denver in October of last year, and today, in between clips of Bill's presentation on the Mars rover, you'll hear a conversation that I had with him after the rover planning meeting. Bill's presentation at Nerd Night and the nature of his work in general is very visual, so it's really difficult to convey the majesty of his work in an audio format, so I hope you will take some time after listening to Bill speak to Google the shit out of Mars rover research. They are doing some amazing things up there right now. So, with that said, Nerd Night is about two things, thinking and drinking. If you aren't driving or underage, I recommend listening to each episode of this podcast with an adult beverage in hand. And now, we head over to Bill's Nerd Night presentation. So first up, we have Bill. Um, he is a senior research scientist at the Space Institute in Boulder. And he came up to me, I think I've told you about this. Uh, he came up to me at one of the last nerd nights and was like, I don't know what I would talk about. Uh, I work on the NASA rovers. And I was like, yeah, I have no idea what you talk about. No idea. All right, well, thanks for coming out, everybody. This uh, should be a lot of fun, I hope. Uh, before I get started, I just kind of want, want to set the, kind of the context of, uh, of exploring Mars with rovers. I mean, I'm sure you've all taken trips to exotic places, and before you've probably looked at the, the tour guide or looked at maps, and so you think you probably have the place figured out. But then when you actually go there and see things with your own eyes, see things at ground level, you know, things are just, it's just a completely different uh, picture of the, the place. And that's kind of what we've been seeing with the, with the rovers. You know, we ha haven't sent any people to Mars yet, but sending the rovers there is the next best thing because it, it gives us the, <coughs> the ground view of, of what's happening there. So, <coughs> so why are we exploring Mars? I mean, I think we're going because it's really cool, you know, but... Uh, but, you know, that, that really doesn't fly in congressional hearings. You know, you have to, you have to come up with more concrete expl explanations. So, really, NASA's uh, reason for, for Mars exploration for a while, or kind of the, the theme, is follow the water. Because we're, Mars is uh, the most Earth-like uh, planet uh, besides our own in, in the solar system. And so we're, we're trying to, and it might have even have been a habitat for life early in its history. So we're, and life requires water to uh, thrive and survive, so <clears throat> we're trying to understand what the history of, of water was uh, early in Mars' history, because we think that early in Mars' history, uh, <clears throat> it might have looked, in fact, even more like the Earth, with uh, uh, running streams and, and lakes and perhaps even seas or oceans. And of course now it's uh, just kind of a dry, dead husk, but... Uh, <laughs> 
But these are, these are uh, our rovers that uh, we have. Uh, in, in 1997, the Mars Pathfinder mission landed, and it had the little test uh, rover, the Sojourner rover. For those of you who have seen the movie The Martian, uh, the Sojourner rover made a guest appearance in there. I, I hear that Sojourner's agent made a really uh, good deal for it, uh, <laughs> the appearance. <laughs> and, and this is the... the uh, uh, test bed model of the Spirit and Opportunity rovers, which, which landed on Mars in 2004, and I've been with the, the team since 2002. And, uh, <clears throat> and then uh, we have the, the Curiosity rover, test bed model of the Curiosity rover, which landed in 2012, and it's a real monster, so I mean, that, that <clears throat> it's, it's, it's huge. And then we have <clears throat> the Viking landers, which landed in the 70s, and the Pathfinder, and the, the Phoenix lander, which was a po near polar lander. And then uh, where our Curiosity actually landed was in uh, the Gale Crater, uh, not too far in longitude from uh, where Spirit landed. But the, the historical talk will be uh, kind of organized in terms of uh, water and trying to understand uh, the role of water on Mars. And so I'll start with uh, standing water and flowing water. And so this is a, an, an image of a kind of a terrestrial uh, uh, ripples, uh, fossil ripples, r ripples formed in, in flowing water. Uh, and, and when we have the, this kind of a bed form that, that's formed, it has this kind of upside-down upside down V pattern here. And we're really lucky with the, with the opportunity where, where opportunity landed. It landed uh, in a place where there's already a set of entry rocks exposed, and we found evidence uh, right away for in the form of these kind of ripple marks for... Uh, the, evidence of flowing water on the, on the surface with these kind of upside-down V patterns. So th this formation that uh, forms the bedrock of Meridiatium planum, it's, uh, it's kind of a sulfate-cemented sandstone. You think of the sandstones out at uh, Red Rocks or El Dorado Canyon, and this is, is very different from that, but it, in, in terms of the grain size, it's, it's uh, similar. So your presentation that you did at Nerd Night in yeah. October, um, you talk primarily about water. Yeah. And so what is the significance? You know, we always we always hear it, like we're right. going to the moons of Neptune or wherever, yeah, like yeah. we're always looking for water. What is right. the significance of well, finding water? Well, of course, people are very interested in, in trying to find life off of Earth and water is an essential ingredient for, for life. And so uh, we're trying to understand, better understand the history of water on, on Mars, you know, to try to understand whether, you know, life might have arisen there, whether their conditions were uh, suitable for, for life to have, have arisen. Mm -hmm. and, and you talked a bit about how there is a lot of evidence that there was water, yeah. so where has it since gone? Well, there's still a lot of, lot of water on Mars, it's just, uh, it's it's frozen, I mean, a lot there's a lot of water in the... Uh, Kind of a, as permafrost at like high latitudes and, and Mars, you know, we ha had an instrument on uh, one of the orbiting spacecraft, a uh, gamma ray spectrometer and a neutron spectrometer that was able to detect a lot of a lot of hydrogen in the subsurface, and so I mean, it was able to tell it, which we interpreted has been interpreted as being permafrost, and so don't really know how, how much permafrost is, is up there. Could be could be quite a lot. Mm -hmm. And there's also uh, a lot lot of water in, in the polar caps, both in the North Polar Cap and some in the South Polar Cap too. Well, the South Polar Cap actually has, uh, since it's so cold there, it's kind of covered by a, a 
CO2 ice in the South Polar Cap. And as Curiosity has uh, continued its mission, it's found more evidence for uh, <coughs> flowing water and standing water. This is the outcrop here, which it imaged on uh, Sol 713 of its mission, and uh, we call a Martian day a Sol just because, you know, it's Mars, and, you know, calling it a day is just too tr uh, pedestrian. But, uh, <coughs> so this is, uh, but this is a very finely bedded uh, <coughs> sedimentary deposit, which we think is actually a delta deposit. And this is similar to uh, uh, like a terrestrial delta deposit here, very finely laminated uh, <coughs> beds here in this location in South Wales. And uh, a delta, of course, forms when you have a river or stream which empties its uh, <coughs> bed load into a, a lake or, or a bay. And so we think that's what, what happened here. And in fact, in this kind of a cartoon rendering, this is one of the uh, lakes in, uh, inside of Gale Crater might have looked like. And uh, Curiosity has found evidence for probably a series of, of lakes forming inside of Gale Crater. So that's, that's pretty interesting. I'm going to move on to another uh, type of action of water, uh, the action of uh, uh, <coughs> heated water, water heated by volcanic activity, or what we call it, something we call hydrothermal alteration. And we found good evidence for hydrothermal alteration with the, uh, the Spirit rover. And this is actually Spirit's, uh, where Spirit initially landed, and when we landed with Spirit, <coughs> we are kind of hoping with the, the, to find the lake beds in uh, <coughs> A Gusev crater, but instead we found this volcanic plain. What we didn't find, contrary to uh, some uh, claims on the internet, was uh, <coughs> Marvin the Martian, you know, <laughs> which, and, and this, is, this is probably probably good, you know, he's, he's threatening disintegration there, and, and really, and total disintegration makes me very angry. <laughs> What do you think is the most common misconception about Mars or your work specifically? Because, you know, it's, it's all over the news. We're constantly right, talking right. about it. It's in now science fiction and yeah, sure, movies and sure, things. Yeah. So do you, do you have things that people commonly either don't know or misconceive or...? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think, I think there, there are a lot of uh, mis misconceptions, I mean, in terms of, I mean... It has an atmosphere, but it's a, it's a very, very thin atmosphere. Like in the recent movie, The Martian, that was uh, a, lo a lot of it was actually pretty, pretty good. But the kind of formative event where they had this giant windstorm, that that was completely impossible. You can the the Martian atmosphere density is way too low to do the kind of damage that they did showed at the start of that movie. Really? Yeah, yeah, and oh. uh, you know, in, in terms of. Uh, I think what uh, uh, I don't know, yeah, and then the fact just the, just the fact that you know you hear lots of lots of the kind of you know ancient astronaut type type people <laughs> talk about the face on Mars, and you always see these things showing up, even like on, on like the Yahoo news feed for you know like uh, Ram's head seen on Mars or <laughs> something like that. You know, it's just. Silly stuff, you know. I mean, rocks will weather out in all, all kinds of different different shapes, and that's 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 what uh, that that's all about. So, you know, I think nobody nobody would be be happier than the people working on on the team if we could find some something that actually looked like a 
a real artifact, but uh, nothing has emerged yet. <laughs> yeah, that's true. They, all, you know, people always say there's a conspiracy. They're not yeah, telling us, yeah, and I think yeah. you know, you you guys working up there, if yeah. you found it, you'd be telling everyone. Yeah, about yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're like, we're finally. My yeah, grants are all justified. Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So the the next kind of topic and kind of action of water is the action of water in the subsurface. Uh, through this process called diagenesis. And of course, uh, geologists just, we, we love our jargon, but uh, di <coughs> di diagenesis just means the alteration of, of rocks at, at, at ambient temperature. So, and again, with the, going back to the Opportunity Rover, we're <coughs> really lucky with Opportunity Rover. We found evidence for, for diagenesis almost immediately. The re reason the Opportunity landed where it did is because Orbital information indicated that the place where it landed was uh, uh, really uh, highly enriched in uh, coarse gray hematite, which always forms in, in the presence of water. But we didn't know how the hematite formed or, or what, what, what the bearer of the hematite was. It turned out a lot of it is in these little uh, spherules, which here appear blue. I mean, if you saw it with your own eyes, they'd probably look kind of gray. But early in the mission, we were all working on, on Mars time. Mars has a day that's 40 minutes longer than the Earth, so it'd be kind of a, kind of a situation where maybe he'd be showing up for work at 8 p.m. at night, like that's your morning, and then a few weeks later you'd be on a regular schedule. And <laughs> anyway, a lot of, there was a lot of sleep deprivation going on, and everybody was hungry, so we saw all these things, and they looked like blueberries. So hey, they're the blueberries. You, so you talked about, in your presentation, you talked about uh, diagenesis research being done by the opportunity. Can you explain Well, that? only a diagenesis is just, is, you know, being a geologist, you have lots of, lots of great jargon that you use. Mm -hmm. So di diagenesis is just, is just a, a term that refers to the alteration of, uh, <coughs> of minerals uh, by water at, uh, at uh, more or less amb ambient temperatures. Uh, so there's... Uh, Minerals can alter in a, in a number of different ways. I mean, you can have what we call hydrothermal alteration when you have uh, water heated by magma bodies, and so that's elevated temperature. You know, water things can also alter when when they're buried and subjected to high high temperature and pressure. Mm -hmm. and, and diagenesis is, is something that happens kind of more or less in in the subsurface, uh, as they say, at, at more or less ambient temperatures and, and so we see a lot of a lot of evidence for that we've seen a lot of evidence for that with the especially with the opportunity rover a lot of the things we've seen like the <coughs> the blueberries which are these iron uh, concretions uh, gray hematite concretions little spherules about bb size that uh, that litter the whole whole uh, meridiani plains those are all the result of of kind of iron being flushed through the rock and, and concentrating into these little spherules and ultimately weathering out of the rock. Mm -hmm. And that's evidence of water? Yeah. 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 Okay. That's fascinating. Yeah. I love the, what you said about how the way that you named them was that you guys had been working the Mars sols yourself. Yeah, yeah. And so you were hungry. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Well, during, yeah, early, early in the, the rover mission, we were all working on, on Mars time. Mars has a, has a day that's, uh, just 40 minutes, about 40 minutes longer than an Earth day. So early in the mission, we were working on, on kind of a Mars clock where the, uh, so that each day would kind of start, you know, 40 minutes later than the last day. That uh, So kind of 
interrupts your your general uh, sleeping and eating <laughs> pattern. Yeah, yeah, what happens to your circadian <laughs> yeah. rhythm during that? Yeah, time? I don't know. Some people, I, it was it was kind of tough for me. I'm more of a morning person. The people who are more evening people seem to adapt to it better. I think. Yeah. How long did you have to work like that? Oh, uh, we did it. Uh, didn't do it during the whole uh, nominal mission or, or 90 Martian days. We went, did it, uh, I think we cut off a little earlier, earlier than that, after about you know, 70, I think, or so Martian days. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. still a hell of a long time. Yeah, today. yeah. I mean, I wasn't necessarily on duty for that, that whole time, but yeah. And then uh, I've asked you this sort of uh, in other conversations, but and we just talked about it briefly, yeah. but for, for the podcast, how do things get named on Mars? Right. Well, early in the mission, the the it was kind of more or less up to the science team to to come up with things, and we'd have, have themes that we'd go through, and uh, <clears throat> but ultimately, um, as as the mission kind of dragged on, uh, <clears throat> didn't want to be renaming things, and so the, the went to a part part of the uh, crew on the team called the long term planners, and so we would. And we'd still kind of stick with stick with themes. Uh, right now, we're, I think, using names of, of people from the Lewis and Clark expedition. Team members from the Lewis, Lewis and Clark expedition. You know, we've had had other themes in the past. We actually uh, the place we're exploring now is is called Marathon Valley. This is where we are uh, right now, more or less, but inside this Marathon Valley. We're calling it Marathon Valley because. Opportunity has driven the equivalent of a marathon, about you know, 26.2 miles. It's pretty incredible, and uh, <clears throat> and we're exploring this right now, and hope to get some more uh, interesting science back. And on the other side of the planet, the <clears throat> Curiosity rover is making its way towards Mount Sharp, this <laughs> giant mound in the middle of Gale Crater, where uh, even more of the the history of Mars is uh, is <clears throat> recorded. So. So that, that's the end of my talk, and, and you know, don't uh, don't be looking off into the distance. Feel uh, feel free, to, uh, like my dogs here. Feel free to ask questions. Thank you. You obviously, you know, have to project forward in this mission and all the work that you're doing. What are yeah. you most excited about in your field, in the work that you do coming like in the future? Any like big discoveries that you'd like to make or see, or just work you'd like to see done, whether it's by oh, you or well, others? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you always are interested in getting, you know, new instruments sent to Mars. I mean, the kind of work that I do with the kind of uh, I do a lot of visible near infrared spectroscopy and stuff. So I mean, getting some new, I think the Mars twenty twenty. Rover is going to have a have a kind of a point spectrometer. that will be able to do some of those measurements, mm-hmm. so that'll, that'll be pretty interesting. And there's, there might be a new orbiter going up in 2022, and it's, I think it's still to be determined what kind of instruments will be going up on that. You know, the, in terms of the orbital instruments that we have now, we have a kind of a imaging spectrometer and a high resolution imaging instrument, and so maybe getting something that could collect more. Detailed multispectral imagery would be pretty mm-hmm. exciting to me. So. And if people wanted to, they had more questions about you uh, for you, and they wanted to contact you. Yeah. Can they reach you through the SSI site? Yeah, if you if you look there, uh, it's you know spacescience.org, and uh, if you sc- scroll down there, I think to uh, the 
personnel. I think you can probably, probably find me in my email. Great. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. My enormous thanks to the Space Science Institute's Bill Farron for sharing his research and expertise with us. We're hoping to have Bill back on the Nerd Night stage in 2016 to talk about the many myths about Mars through the ages. Thank you for hanging out with us. And one last fact for you before we go, the Opportunity and Spirit rovers were designed to last just 90 souls, or Martian days. And even though the Spirit rover stopped operating in 2010 during a brutal Mars winter, the meeting I sat in on with Bill was to plan for Sol 4208 for the Opportunity. That is one badass rover. Once again, I'm Sarah, boss of Nerd Night Denver, a production of Nerd Riot Events, and I'd like to thank our primary sponsors, Sexbot Comedy and the Denver Independent Comic Art Expo, for their support. Check back periodically for new episodes of the Nerd Night podcast, and if listening online just isn't enough, find a full list of Nerd Night shows happening near you at nerdnight.com, or better yet, stop by Nerd Night Denver on January 21st. Hope to see you there. Thank <laughs> you.